Hi guys, welcome to this morning's Fife Property Show. It's 9.30, we're live and we're ready to go. So we're going to talk today about rental upgrades. The five improvements to increase your income. This is really the basics and fundamentals of property renting. And this is what it comes down to. So I've got my guests on today. I've got Karen Marshall, who's number one letting agent. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm good. Another lovely day today. How are you? It is. Let's get on with the show and we can get rid of it get outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've it. got Charlotte Caird. Uh, she's in the property management section. Good morning, Jim. Hiya, how are you? Yeah, great, thanks. How are you? Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And uh, we're bringing our guest today. It's James Watson. So James is a prolific investor landlord just now. He's doing a lot of refurbs. We are actually doing a live show tomorrow, almost like the Homes Under the Format Hammer. And it's going to be around about nine o'clock to 10 o'clock uh, tomorrow. We're going to be live from Balingre, um, uh, talking about his latest acquisition and uh, what he's going to do to it and also what return he's going to get from it as well and the margins that are available throughout that. So morning, James. How are you? Morning. Fantastic. Right sunny here in Burnt Island this morning. It is, isn't it? Um, okay, so let's get right into this. I mean, the rental market has really grown up. Um, tenancies are running for longer and um, with stays of four or more years actually happening as a result of that, it is increasingly common. Uh, tenants are actually having higher expectations though as a result of that and they place their willing to call home. Um, so this spells good news for landlords, you know, because the higher expectations come with the willingness to pay higher rent. Um, which is always a happy day for that. And um, more than that, the right improvements will also increase the value of your property, giving you the precious equity. Um, and James and I are going to talk about this tomorrow in our show um, about to expand and finance your your portfolio further. Um, it's all about you know, with the buzzword is rinse and repeat. You know, if you get the formula right and you do the numbers right, you can just keep doing it and doing it and doing it until the bank probably says no. <laughs> that's that's probably where they get to, isn't it? Um, but which, I mean, which fundamental improvements make the difference in this? I mean, there's a fine balance you strike between spending too little and spending too much and spending money where it counts. The key is to create a contemporary and timeless home that is durable and, and, and popular to give you a wide and long lasting appeal and minimal maintenance and repairs. That's the key. So when we're out in viewings, classic example here, Karen, isn't it? When we're out in viewings, we say exactly what attracts people and excites them about their new home. Uh, and there's no doubt that investing in presentation is rewarded in quality and, of the tenant and the rent achieved as well. So, I mean, you know, if, you could, if you're looking for this, let's take a look at the improvements that will increase your income, attract high quality tenants and protect the value of your home. So let's look at the first one here, paint. I mean, what, you know, when it comes to paint, what, what are we looking at? You know, James, you know, can you give me an idea? When you go into paint, what, what sort of painting should we be doing of, of a house? So traditionally, uh, we tend to sort of stick to bright colours like whites uh, or magnolia or whatever, because uh, it gives us magnolia impression. Magnolia and white works every single time, doesn't it? As soon as but, you come in the door. But there's nice a new formula, thing. isn't it? There's a new formula here. It's it's the misty grey, isn't it? And feature walls. You know, where there's a fireplace, for example, you know, the rest of the room can be white, but they put in a, like, like you say, a misty grey. Just mm -hmm. gives it a bit more of a sort of modern take on the nice, clean uh, appearance of the, the property. Yeah. When you're taking people around, Karen, I mean, what reaction do you get when, when the... I mean, here's the difference here. When the property is scuffy, 
and maybe when a property is actually um, uh, pristine. I think fresh paint is obviously a great starting point. People are going to go in and you've got big scuff marks on the walls. It's obviously going to put people off for it. And I think just a, like Jane says, like a fresh colour, whites, greys are the way to go. Magnolia is just, it's on it. I'm sure I can see Charlotte's agreeing with me. Magnolia is <laughs> on its way out. People want fresh property. Whites and greys are definitely the way to go for it. It's easy to keep up as well because it is, it's just a solid colour that they can touch up if accidents happen, if happen it's easy for them to touch up but having that fresh coat of paint just makes such a difference for people going in and seeing the property in a better light yeah i mean charlotte um you know uh, james has actually just explained about you know what we should be doing in the beginning karen mm -hmm. said you know what attracts the tenants as well you know what do you find when you're doing property inspections all the way through you know does that i mean does that paint um is there certain types of paints or certain types of certain types of colors that will actually last over a period yeah. of time my tenant Definitely, I think this kind of, this colour of grey I've got is really good because it does it's it covers a lot. So if you scuff it, you don't see it as much. But on a magnolia wall, you instantly see them. Um, so you do find like the darker colours, so like a grey colour, I would say are much more better as well. Yeah, I mean from the setting, the front door opens, the conditions of the walls will be staring the viewer straight in the face, won't they? I mean, creating a first and uh, first and immediate impression of your property. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, first impression counts, doesn't it, Kim? Yeah, obviously, I was doing viewings on Friday at a property. So I just had a recent refurb to it. And as soon as I walked in, people were like, oh, I can smell the paint. And like, everything brand new in here. And it does. It just makes it so much more appealing. And you're going to attract better tenants because you have a property done up to a better standard as well. I'm, I'm almost tempted to say what the supermarkets do and buy, a, buy one of these wee purifiers that actually put out the smell of paint. <laughs> <laughs> and just don't bother painting the house. Yeah, get that painting picture, <laughs> Because when you think about it, it's right, James. Look, look, when you think about it, when you walk in and you immediately smell paint, you think, oh, it's nice and fresh. But you've actually not even seen the rest of the house yet. Mm -hmm. But it's that impression. So I kind of think the supermarket trick is, you know, when you go to the bakery aisle, they deliberately put out pure, you know, the airflow so it actually smells with the bakery all the time. You, they, get, they get the oven fired up all the time to get you to buy stuff. That's that's the whole point. As soon as you walk and in the door works. as well, all the tricks. Um, lavender, you know, lavender as well is a classic example. When you walk into a property and you smell lavender, you immediately think it's fresh because you're completely conditioned by fabric softener adverbs. Mm -hmm. So scuff walls look uh, look dingy and despite being entirely cosmetic, have a deeply negative impact on viewings. That's, you know, and on the other hand, a fresh coat of paint works wonders in any room and elevates everything around it and makes it remarkably good value. I mean, that is the key. Although brilliant white is undeniably bright and a great reflector of light, some tenants find it a bit cold. I mean, you know, brilliant, brilliant white on walls. Somebody actually spoke to me the other day, and it is a bit clinical, isn't it, James? It is, yeah. But uh, I think you have to sort of take it in a balance of what the rest of the rooms look like. You know, if, if you're in a, an area that doesn't get a lot of light at the front or the back aspect of the property, then you want something in order to boost that light level. Yeah. Karen, what's your thoughts on this brilliant white? When you, because you've been and walked into a lot of properties and they've been done in certain ways. So, what do you think is the best colours that actually get that impression, that first impression? I think you definitely have to, like James is saying, it's deciding on what, like, the size of the room is, how much light it's getting. If you've got like a darker room 
quite as a good way to go because it is going to brighten it up. But if you've got a nice bright room already, you can have, I think even if you've got white, it's set quite a good kind of just neutral base, basically that somebody like James says, if they want to maybe have like a, a feature wall, it's given them a base to kind of do that for it. But I think it definitely depends on taking into account that the room that you're dealing with, maybe like an off colour like Charlotte's got behind her, that darker grey, or yeah. just even an off white or kind of lighter grey, just something to kind of take off that clinical side of it. So Charlotte, is it actually choosing an off white or soft grey or other classic uh, uh, colours that give the walls a welcoming hue with matte mm -hmm. on, maybe matte white, or probably an mm -hmm. off white, on the ceilings, um, white satin or eggshell on the woodwork, you know, is that something that it, it would appeal? Yeah, definitely. We see more people asking to, if they can decorate the properties on properties that haven't been touched and haven't been decorated. We're finding the newly decorated ones that do have the nice new fresh ceilings, you know, the covings are all done, the walls are nice, and there's maybe a feature wall. You're rarely getting asked if they can change it. Um, and as well, I think you need to depend on what colour of carpet you've got as well in the house. If you've got a really dark carpet, you don't want to be having dark walls either. So I think a brilliantly, a brilliant matte white colour is good on the walls in these kind of... It used, to frustrate, it used to frustrate me quite a bit when I used to completely paint a house top to bottom. And then the first thing the tenant did when he walked in the door was say, can I paint? And I'm like, I've just painted it! <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I'm what I've the landlord. The best part is one and a half thousand pounds getting somebody into paint this, and you're wanting to paint as soon as you walk in the door. What do you What do you do with that? I mean, what What do you do with that, James? So yeah, I might I might end up getting that scenario myself because uh, one of the properties uh, is nothing but white pretty much throughout the house. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm relatively flexible as long as it's done to a good standard and so on. But uh, yeah, it really depends. Uh, on the landlord, really, they, they make that decision whether it's something they're for or against. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have any objection, certainly, to somebody changing the colour. Karen, do you get that much in the initial outset when people are viewing property that they're actually immediately taking a paint, even though it's just been painted? Yeah, so we've had one recently that was freshly painted, but for that they'd done the bedroom white and the living room magnolia. So the tenant was like, can I paint it? And I was like, the landlord has just paid for this to all be painted. I was like, what is it that you'd be looking to do? And he was like, I just want to paint it white. I'm like, that's fine. As long as you're doing it up to a good standard and you need to paint it white, that's fine. I was like, not really for you, like painting it blue or anything like that, but um, providing it's white, it's usually fine. But obviously it's something that we have to check with the landlord to make sure they're happy with. And obviously we say to the tenants, usually if it is a situation where a landlord has just freshly painted all the property, Sometimes if we would put a clause in that's like, right, you can decorate, but you have to be in the property for at least six months first. Because if they're going in, redecorating it all, changing it, and then going to end up potentially moving out in a couple of months, the landlord's back to a situation where that property is potentially redecorated again, and we don't want that for them. So at least if we're saying to them, look, you at least have to be in for six months first before you start again, it gives that kind of settlement time for them to decide they do really want to stay and then make it their own home. I think my biggest worry is, you know, if they don't do it to the right standard. I mean, Charlotte, how do we how do we combat that? How do we how do we account for that? Well, obviously, there's three monthly inspections done on property. So if they have asked to paint, we'll I'll flag it up that they have asked to paint, and then on my next inspection when I go in, I can make sure it's done to high standard. If not, I'll talk to the tenant about um, the condition of the walls and say, look, you said you were going to paint. This is not a high standard. Either you're going to have to get somebody in to fix it 
or fix it yourself and I'll be back in three months' time. Yeah. And if it's not done, then, you know. But the initial outfit, we, we talk about that anyway, because we have talked about it before, um, about the fact that um, possibly we asked them how they're going to do it in the beginning. Are they just going to do it themselves? What experience have they got? And uh, if we're not comfortable with that, then we would probably insist that they have a contractor in, don't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It has to be somebody competent. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, in the past, um, this is this is why this is probably um, why we've learned by my experience. Because in the past, I've just said to people, "Oh, it's fine. You could just paint no bother when people come in." And then when you come to <laughs> when you come to sign them out, it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all wait a minute that was all my good woodwork and then it's all over the windows and the frames and the and and it, and it's all around the doors and on the and it's like on the on some of the carpet and it's like oh my god i wish i hadn't i wish i had done this right so it's probably the it's probably the hit that i've taken it would it would been able to, to to build a system that actually okay this is the this is the things that we should ask as a result of somebody asking to paint it's almost like a checkbook exercise isn't it Mm -hmm. I think as well though if you're a landlord and if, if you're keeping up to date with kind of the new trends that are coming out with decoration um, if you are looking to decorate it if you have a management agent talk to them about what colours you think they think will work because um, it might cost slightly more at the start but mm -hmm. then your tenants mm -hmm. won't be asking to redecorate at the end of it you know fingers crossed there's no scuffs on the walls you won't need to do anything and it's just ready to be let again the next time I think the biggest benefit is that a tenant then finds it's their home rather than rather than being a house because they've invested time and effort in doing something for themselves to personalize it and um, so there is a there's a fine line um I mean I've often been asked you know if if you could paint a room pink and I'm like, oh no, and, and I'm thinking, oh no, and but then, but then the commercial reality is, it's their home. So, so what I've suggested in the past is, is just like, okay, you can paint it pink, but it has to be put back to its its typical its its original color, in original state, and not just not just a half baked effort. Um, when you actually leave the property, I I, I think. That's probably one of the most the most the best advice I can give for people that want to paint. Um, and is that something you would agree with, um, Charlotte? Oh, one hundred percent. And as well, if you have it in writing that way, at the end of the tenancy, if they don't do it, and you've got it in writing saying, "Well, they said that they were going to put the walls back to the original colour," you've got a clause for claiming against on the deposit for the money it's going your outlay for the money to to repair the walls. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely, absolutely. having everything in writing is key as well. I mean, you've had that experience in the past as well, Karen, because you've been in property management before. So, so how did uh, is that something you've uh, come across before, and how how you've dealt with it? Yeah, so we've had like a, usually when I'm doing obviously on the flip side of it now doing viewings, it's when people come in, they're like, "Oh, could I could I redecorate?" And I'm like, "Look, we usually ask that you just check with us before, so we can check with the landlord that they're going to be happy with it." The majority of them are providing that potentially you put it back to the condition that you got it in, basically. So if it was a white wall and you're painting it pink, you put it back to white when you're moving out. But um, obviously, we've had one and it was a tenant, and she was in the property for a long time. And she'd obviously done decorating and it. it wasn't up to the standard that it should have been. But obviously when it came to the point where she was moving out, I just, we had a good relationship with her and I just spoke to her and I was like, look, this is, it needs to be better than this. So she came, she got the keys and she went out and painted it and she did a good job of it. And that was it, it was done. We were able to get a resolution from it. She got her full deposit back because we were able to obviously 
discuss it with her and get a resolution without having to go down the routes of like a deposit claim and then the landlord's trying to sort it out. So I think all is just in like the management of it, that how you deal with it to make sure you're getting the best outcome from it. This is this is the key we spoke about last week about communication with your tenant, isn't it? And the fact that you can you can openly discuss these things without actually being confrontational, um, and, and keeping these open lines as a result, and they and, and and they feel that they can come to you with anything, and you won't you won't immediately fly off the handle because you know and not as personal experience, but running the landlord association before um, for the Fife landlords and the National Landlord Association, and I was on there. I, I was one of their, their. Well, I was the advisor for the for Scotland, um, as well as the chief executive. But but I found I found that um, it, it, when some landlords came to me, it became often very personalised to them. It became a very personal thing to them, and they couldn't they couldn't look at it objectively in a commercial situation. And and they felt that they had to control the whole thing, and they refused to let them paint um, a, a room, or or when they had painted the room, they went absolutely absolutely ballistic at them. And I'm thinking that's you shouldn't be a landlord. <laughs> that's the reality because being a landlord is all about is all about all you're doing is providing um, a property for someone, and and you've got a duty of care. You've also got a duty of responsibility to make sure they are happy in their home. Um, and probably that's one of the that the painting aspect is a is a, I mean you just think it's paint, but the reality is it's uh, it's more than that. It's it's what we said before. It's it's turning a house into a home. It's trying to create the win win, Jim. I think you know. And it, it, does come, it does come down to that. Yeah, it does come down to that. It's the win win situation. Uh, and and you know, and in the past I've actually just, you know, just go ahead and paint. But it but it has come back to haunt me. So we've I've learned by my mistakes and we've put some uh, com, some um internal control mechanisms in place in order to ask all these questions first before we go any further. Um just to make sure that we minimize the risk of actually getting a property back and it's and it's been basically obliterated with somebody having a, a almost what we'd call a paint party with all their friends, you know, while they're having a having a drink at the same time. <laughs> and then you get up the next day and you think, that's maybe no how I remember it. <laughs> I didn't remember um, going over that line <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the wall. I don't remember painting the door. Who painted the door? <laughs> um that's the sort of thing I'm 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 thinking about. Um, and, and that's where we are just now. So let's look at the next subject. Okay, let's look at kitchens. We speak about this in our in our show, James, um, the kitchens. You'll be pleased to know that not every kitchen upgrade means ripping out the old one uh, and starting again. Uh, you can replace door handles. Um, you can replace splashbacks and doors and worktops for an instant improvement. So look carefully at whether the whole thing really needs to go when you're in a kitchen. Um, we've talked about this, uh, James, you know, and you thought just get it all out and get our, who's your, be who's your best supplier for kitchens just now? So uh, obviously MFI no longer exists, but uh, if you go to Howden's, they actually sell them open kitchens and they're normally quite good quality and uh, reasonably priced. You know, you don't have the outlay going to MFI or wherever it is and getting all these add-ons and whatever else, you know. Yeah, you, 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 you MFI bought Howden's. Well, I MFI bought Howden's. Um, by the way, <laughs> this is just a personal joke. MFI made for idiots. 
but their kitchens are good. <laughs> is anybody? I, bet, I know, but that's because they bought Howden's and they needed the carcasses and the build and everything like that. But here's a classic example: Has anybody, when they get MFI, got extra screws and extra stuff left in their pocket? You're nodding your head, James. Yeah. Right, well, well, that's that. That's mine because I've not got them. So, could you give me them back, please, for mine? <laughs> Anyway, so MFI, um, Howden's, Wren, you know, how do we rate Wren kitchens? Again, they try to force them down the path, getting their own installers out and stuff like that, and there normally is a plusage to that, whereas if you get yeah. a quite a competent joiner, uh, they can put all these carcasses together and they're a fraction of the cost, and they do every bit as good a job. Mm -hmm. And what else we've got B&Q? So the one thing I uh, I don't be, I don't think B and Q do ready built carcasses though. Uh, I don't think they do. I think that again they put you they put you in touch with their design service and their fitting service and so on. Yeah. But you, you you can buy all the sort of standalone type stuff like the uh, cooking Lewis cooker tops and ovens and whatever else. But yeah, when it comes to the actual kitchen themselves, I don't think they sell the carcasses like you say, unless potentially you're in the trade. You can I mean, Howden's, Howden's, the other one as well is Magnet. Now, they do ready-built carcasses, but but Magnet, I think the biggest challenge for me is Magnet's not local, um, so you can't really just pop into a depot if you're missing a part or, a, or an end panel or anything like that to add on to it. I mean, that's that's where the trade-off is. So you're kind of we're kind of stuck with you, you either go to B&Q or you go to Howden's. Um, but Howden's ready-built, B&Q's flat pack, and then you have to trade off, from, in my mind, you have to trade off the fact that how much in labour is it going to cost you to build the carcasses? And then are you going to have a competent person actually building the carcasses so they'll actually stay together? Because you, you know yourself, you know, some people have had a half-baked effort at it and, and yeah. you come in over time and the kitchen's all wobbly and the cabinets are wobbly because they don't actually know what they're doing um, and they don't fit it together properly. So the ready-built carcasses have got a great plus point to them in the fact that you just take them off the lorry you stick them in place, you fix them at the wall, you do everything else, and the job's done. You know, the, is is that kind of where you're? Is that kind of what you've experienced, James? Uh, well, I normally leave it to contractors to be absolutely fair, Jim. But uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've had a tour of the of Howden's and seen how they, they sort of put these things together, and they're pretty pretty solid. Yeah, Charlotte, we had uh, fifteen park of wine done recently. Oh, I love that kitchen. I fall yeah. in love with it. I love the kitchen. <laughs> See, the thing is, the thing is, um, what is what is the trends in kitchens? Now you saying you love the kitchen, but but gloss white and uh, and black worktops, the ebony worktops are mm -hmm. apparently they're on their way out. You know that sort mm -hmm. of style. So and it, and it's now what is it now, James? It's uh, whisper grey. Um, it's the greys again, and it's the and it's a different type of worktop. You know that's yeah, so what I'm seeing anyway. Some of them are looking for marble effect type stuff. Uh, you know, and uh, doesn't necessarily need to be marble, but if the effects there. You know, it makes it again. It brightens up the the kitchen, which may otherwise be dull. Um, so there's a lot of uh, people going into that sort of thing. But yeah. You often hear people saying, oh, well, it's just a rental, but you want to just do a wee bit above the minimum standard to make it, you know, yeah. again, somebody's home. What's so, your yeah. experience of kitchen So when people walk in, uh, when people walk into view properties, I mean, what what is the, is it a wow factor? Is it a big plus point? 
Yeah, definitely. Obviously, when it comes to things like a living room or a bedroom, these are just like you could put a rug down over the carpet or you give it a coat of paint, but a kitchen and a bathroom are like, they are what they are. So you want something that's nice. Like you can't just like paint a kitchen worktop or paint the cabinets. Like it has to be something that people are going to like. And obviously you're spending a lot of time in a kitchen cooking or doing washing. So it, people want one that they do like. So obviously when you've got like a nice integrated hob or an oven, um, obviously it just makes it look a bit nicer and going for lighter colours but again people are being more kind of extravagant I think now with kitchens like you see quite a lot of not that I'm advising putting this in a rental because it's not going to be everybody's taste but like the blue cabinets that are coming in yeah. they seem to be honest, I really like them but mm. I wouldn't advise putting them in a rental because they aren't going to be everybody's taste so again sticking to more kind of like neutral colours and yeah like James is saying like the marble effect is really coming in just now and it is, it's it's nice to have a nice kitchen that somebody's going to want to spend time in. See, I, I used to stick to the um, beach with ebony worktops. And and now, yeah, so you're shaking your head yeah, at I'm that. Yeah, shaking my head. No, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is, Charlotte, the beach was actually the white, you know, of its time. Um, yeah. so both, but beach is so, I mean, when I think about it, I was putting in, I was probably putting in beach carcasses probably about 25 years ago. So it's, it has lasted all that time. And now it's done its course. We're back. We're back into white. And now that's almost done its course as well. And we're now into the coloured um, ones. And dare I say, are we going to have coloured bathroom suites coming back? <laughs> oh please, Lord, no, <laughs> no. My pampas greens The pampas greens ones will be back. <laughs> I'll be bashing trend. People will be walking in in the nineteen seventies stuff, and they'll be going, "Wow, this is absolutely fantastic." He's getting rid of one of your peach coloured ones. Like, no, they're, they're getting out. <laughs> so kitchens, kitchens sell houses, uh, Charlotte? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, like you said, Park, Park Hill, that we've just did a refurb on, the kitchen's stunning. Everything's built in, everything's flush, it's sleek, it's yep. beautiful. Yep. It really is. And I think with the integrated appliances, it, when you go in, you're like, right, okay, I don't need to find anywhere for my cooker because it's already there. Yeah. I don't need to find anywhere for the fridge. It's already there. Little things like that, it does make a big difference. And we've just done Taylor Street as well. You know, we did the L-shape in Taylor Street. You have, that's model. lovely. You know, mm -hmm. white kitchens, black worktops, um, mm -hmm. and then we're just about to start Dury. Well, that's it, yeah. And I think as well, especially with 15 Park Hill, we've, we've tiled the, the surround of it, but instead of just putting white grout in, it's like a light grey grout. Yeah. Um, one as well, it won't go that awful orangey way, you know, if soap suds are on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the little things that make such a difference. It probably is the little things, but I remember the white tiles um, used to be in public toilets. <laughs> and that's, James, I, you're nodding your head. And that's, that's kind of what put me off for years. And the fact that you actually see these in public toilets. Why would anybody want them? But but the 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 grout, the different colour of the grout actually completely changes that. And and mm -hmm. it's like what you said, Charlotte. It's just these slight subtle differences. It make that fundamental difference overall to the mm -hmm. instant appeal as somebody walks into a kitchen and just goes, "Wow!" They know straight away, don't they? They love it and they want to take it. Is that yeah. is that the impression, Kim? Yeah, definitely. You get, well, it was Park Hill that I was in that people were walking in and smelling the paint and there was people and they were like, I love it. So it is, it, it makes such a difference just having that wow factor, that freshness, that modern feeling as well. Um, and it comes around to people want to stay longer as well because they've got a property that they're happier in. 
Well, look at Castle Street in St Monans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that kitchen's beautiful too. Yeah. yeah. I provide a good standard. You do. You do. <laughs> I've got the men, I've got the template and I've got the model. That's why it works. I know. Do it every single time and it works. You get a longer yeah, tenant, a longer great, mm -hmm. You get higher. That's a great kitchen. Mix. And it was nice. That's a great kitchen, not a white kitchen. Yeah. Great kitchen. But you, but you, uh, ideally, uh, and it works. You get you. I mean, you get a better quality rent. You get a better quality tenant, and you get a longer occupancy as well. And that's got to be a win-win for everything, James, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So the, whether the you're choosing to totally refit or replace the selected elements, follow these rules for an uh, enduring, impressive and low-maintenance kitchen. So here's the classic here. Uh, Flat-fronted drawers and doors have a sleek, clean lines, and they're easy to maintain um, with white and grey, always in vogue. We've just spoken about this, and simple to accessorise. I mean, the, here's a classic as well. Brushed steel handles uh, are modern classics and woke. Com complement any style at the and colour that you choose. I mean, it's really it always stays in. Metro tiles for splashbacks are are eternally uh, stylish and can actually brush um, burst in colour and contrast exactly what you said, uh, Charlotte. You know, with this yeah. with this the white tile, but just that additional grout is a change. Um, and I've seen actually people just change the worktops. So I've been there when I first saw it. And they've just changed the worktops and they've changed the sink. And I'm like, wow, that is a f that's like a brand new kitchen. And when you walked in before, you thought it was quite dated, but it was only worktops and sink they've changed. So worktops um, in composite stone um, or high-quality laminate look, uh, look smart and low. They're low for maintenance as well. While quartz and uh, with granite and luxurious finishes, you want to go higher end, that's really not for my market. <laughs> that's probably about the price of the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, solid woodwork tops that's again high end but they need to, they need looking after i tend to go i've been trying to go for the um laminate effect butcher's block effect you know the solid woodwork top yeah. but I, I, apparently i've been told by howden's they're actually phasing that out now because it's not in vogue yeah. anymore not, uh, yeah. so i have a sneaking suspicion i'll not be able to get it anymore um and i was going to put that in one of my properties at dury street so i have a i have a, a belief that they'll probably end up saying we've only got the ebony ones um which is fine because I mean, you've just told me straight away that it works, Charlotte, uh, and it's actually—I know it's actually—it's a—it's a—it's a less expensive worktop. Um, so I might get on the phone on Monday and actually change it around um, and just say, "Look, James, it's less expensive. <laughs> it's less expensive than it works." I mean, the presence and the quality of appliances attracts more scrutiny than it used to. A dishwasher is no longer seen as a luxury item. That's actually quite surprising. Um, and an old-fashioned electric hot plate makes uh, cooking seem like a chore. I mean, I, I have never liked hot plates. Uh, I've had it once in a blue moon where people have said, I want electric, and I'm like, really? I'm not really keen on putting electric in at all. Um, I like gas. It's controllable. Uh, and I think every single tenant likes gas as well because it's easy to turn. It's the old advert. If any, well, you guys are maybe a bit younger than me, but I remember British Gas, the classic is, they used to show the boiling pot over on the electric hob, and then they just used to show the gas one where it was about to boil over. They turned the gas down, and it went down straight away, and it never boiled over. It was a brilliant advertising marketing campaign for British Gas. Um, a washing machine also with a small load capacity means continual wash day blues. You know, so that's a big plus as well. If you're doing, um, if you're doing what we call part furnished, um, washing machines integrated in that, you, you really want a, a high, um, a high capacity. Maybe a what a, a seven or an eight kilo now you yeah. get as standard. Yeah. 
Um, spin speed's important as well, believe it or not. Spin speed, I mean, we're getting geeky here because that's the type of things I think about. <laughs> <laughs> the higher spin speed, the more water you take out, the quicker you dry, the more money you save. Well, hey, <laughs> it all comes down to efficiency and savings. Um, investing in well-respected and reliable mid-range brands like Bosch, EAG, uh, NEF, and vis are a visible demonstration of your commitment um, and quality. Uh, they make living in your property more enjoyable for tenants to love them, and you'll also have long-lasting appliances that need less maintenance and ongoing expenditures, which means less hassle all round. Is buying cheap for a kitchen the right course of action? Or, yeah, well, I think that yeah. says it all. You're all saying no. No, I because it comes back to haunt you, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, like, if you are looking, if somebody is looking to completely renovate a kitchen, there is options that does make it cheaper. Like, if you see you go to Hilden's, don't look at the brand new stuff that are coming out. There is end of line um, options there that are significantly cheaper, but actually, yeah. you can be sometimes better than the brand new stuff that are out. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always those options to make it slightly cheaper. Yeah. Okay, so that's kitchens. Let's talk about floors. I mean, floors really take a real barn. Everyone walks over them, furniture sits on them, moves about on them, bags, suitcases, bikes, strollers, uh, and pets all take their toll on the flooring. Um, while carpets are soft to walk on, they can become worn and accumulate lines of dust in the bottom of the doors and imprints from previous furniture. Um, cheap laminate can look good when it's fitted, but over a period of time, the edges start to fray, you know, they, they start to lift, the joints start to do, the laminate starts to peel off the chip very easily. And it all leaves your property over a period of time looking very unkept and uninviting, negatively impacting on your rent. I mean, that's the key here. I mean, would we go as far as going for engineered wood floors, you know, and areas of halls and bedrooms to look smart? Um, they're hard wearing and they make the property look a bit bigger uh, when laid throughout. You know, would anybody recommend engineered wood flooring? I mean, I've got just plain laminate, and I have found where my table sits and the chairs coming in out, the, the laminate is starting to scuff quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so probably, that's probably, yeah. That's probably one of the reasons why I put the proper contract laminate in the offices, because I felt that, you know, if I was going to put cheapy laminate in the offices, they, they wouldn't last the time at all. And, yeah. and within a few years, they would it would look horrible. Um, so I actually went for a real high quality, hard, hard wearing uh, contract laminate. Um, but homes, you know, um, laminate floors on on uh, flats above other flats is that a, is that a, is that a preference? No, definitely carpet. I would say with an underlay as well. Carpet. Yeah, with if underlay, you've got somebody, yeah, especially if you've got someone with kids like running around, like you don't need that. You're all you're going to get is neighbour complaints. Yeah. from anybody even if you're just up and walking around like you're the amount of noise that can travel from it so definitely if you've got an upper flat carpets are the way to go and um, only advice when it comes to carpets do not carpets in an entrance vestibule we've got yeah. a couple that are like that and it's just they're not going to last <laughs> so it's going to be a, definitely a little more kind of like tiles or wooden flooring down there just to something more durable and that can clean as well i usually typically i usually typically go for um vinyl so vinyl in the entrance vestibule, um, even if I've got tiles there, I'm never a big fan of tiles in the entrance vestibule because the water and tiles just don't mix for walking on. I'm always nervous that people will slip on it. Um, and and so that's what that's why I, I end up putting I end up putting vinyl right over the top of it. Um, classic as well is if you've got a laminate flooring, 
um, you uh, upstairs, um, then just put a carpet straight over it. You know, you could put a felt back. It makes it really easy, doesn't it, James? You know, is that have you come across this yet? And um, where you've just thought, I'll just put a carpet right across that. It's a perfect bed for it. I haven't actually no, but uh, yeah, carpet's my favourite route for anything that's uh, upstairs. And I tend to go mm. for the hardware carpets that you know, if there's a lot of volume of traffic, you know, bathrooms classic example. You know, you've got a lot, you've got a lot more traffic going in a bathroom than you will a bedroom. So yes, yeah, so it has to be yeah. hardware and durable carpet. So laminates downstairs, carpets upstairs in bedrooms, um, hallways, what are we thinking about for that? Laminate or or just go for the carpet still? So, no, uh, I think what we end up doing was getting engineered wood for the, the hall into the kitchen because, again, it's ah, a high right. traffic area. Okay. It just, one runs into the other. So the, the big advantage about engineered wood is it's it's less expensive than solid wood. Um, and it still can be sanded if you really want to um, mm -hmm. later on. But you lose the colour, <laughs> a bit of the colour anyway. Yeah, you, you lose it, but it is hard wearing and it still looks good. I mean, you know, Karen, what's your first impressions about what is the best thing to for floor coverings when you walk into, you know, what's, what's your advice on what people, yeah, what people respond to best? Probably, to be honest, I think kind of the colour scheme that people go for as opposed to like particularly what's down. So if you've got like a horrible coloured carpet or like a beige carpet down, people don't really want beige anymore. Like light greys are kind of the way to go for floor coverings these days. Um, I definitely would not advise putting like a green carpet in because that's... <laughs> You're the king of beige, I'll just, Jim. I'll just cross that off my list. King of beige. It's fine, Jim. You've got the younger ones in now. We'll keep you up to date with it. It's okay. <laughs> So magnolia is off. No magnolia, no beige. Beige carpets are out. <laughs> not getting that kitchen with those worktops anymore either. <laughs> well, you don't want to end up knocking over your bottle of red wine and a cream carpet, do you? Exactly. So, people, people, when they walk in, they respond better to. Um, what do they respond better to in terms of carpets? Yeah. Yeah, definitely carpets upstairs. People want, like, when you're coming out of your bed, you don't want to be getting out of your bed and putting your feet on, like, a cold floor. So definitely yeah. carpets upstairs. It just gives it that bit more warmth as well. And then, yeah, like, laminate or wooden flooring downstairs. But definitely in the hall, I wouldn't really advise carpet down because you're going to get a lot of traffic in. And you've got people, if you forget to take your shoes off and they're dirty, that's you've got big dirty feet. So yeah. definitely wouldn't advise putting carpet in a hallway either. Fair enough going up the stairs, but... Not at all. From a property management view, Charlotte, you know, for for when you go in to do inspections, you know, what is the best, what is the best floor covering you should get or use, um, just through personal experience now with, with inspections. So the new, style, the new style carpets that are washable, bleachable, you can put bleach in it. It's not going to take the carpet out. So if you do knock over, if you have a beige carpet and you do knock over glass red wine, you can put bleach in it, scrub it, and it comes straight out. Um, but definitely a, a definite durable one, and yeah. nothing too not a thick ply like a thick um, pile either on it, so you can't get in and get everything up out of it. But as well, think for bathrooms. There's a new thing called UPVC click laminate. Yep, that stuff is crazy good, absolutely crazy good. Mm -hmm. Um. So I think as well that for kitchens and bathrooms is top dollar. I tend to find vinyls, uh, vinyls my go-to, and because vinyls easy. If there's anything that happens, that it's easy to take it out and put another bit in. Um, yeah, but your vinyl can rip quite easily. So you're trying to pull out your washing machine, you can easily rip your vinyl. Whereas click uh, laminate, 
it doesn't and it's actually just as cheap as, as vinyl yeah it's it's probably it's probably if you need to get you know I, I, it's probably never going to happen and I don't think it's ever happened in this lifetime of me doing this but but when you put click laminate and out on a floor my impression is you can't lift floorboards after it and then you have to burst it all up to get in um, but the reality yeah. is I mean I, now I reflect back on it I think to myself how many times I've actually how much many times I've actually needed to leave, lift floors um, so the the trade off and the benefit of using that is probably more beneficial to the actually not using it. I would say. I mean, I, I put click laminate down in my bathroom because I thought it's waterproof. I don't like vinyl. I'm going to put the click laminate down. Um, it's completely waterproof too. Um, but no, I've already taken a bit up because I thought I had a leak at the back of my toilet and I was able to remove a bit of it and put it back down and it's absolutely fine. Is there a certain colour, Kern, that works well when people walk in the door? Yeah, definitely going more kind of like on the grey side of it. So, for example, we had two properties that were flats in the same street pretty much the same layout one of which was more kind of like nolia beige carpet the other one had been recently done up and it was white gray carpets and the one that's white with gray carpets had it let agreed within like I think it was about a week whereas the other yeah. one there for longer because I don't want it anymore obviously Just it's not for every, some people will still like it but it's out now people want whites and grays and so yeah definitely like gray it's probably the way to go and it's also more kind of if you do get like a wee mark on it it's easier to clean or it doesn't show up quite as this is amazing because i remember when gray actually went out of fashion <laughs> and, and it. now it's come back full circle and it's come back in it's uh, yeah, because well, i used to the first thing i used to think of with gray is battleship gray and and we also oh, god no battleship gray again and i remember people saying that no battleship gray again but it's come full circle and it's back in fashion, it's back in vogue. I think there's a fine line though between how dark of a grey to go. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want it too light because then you're, you're still seeing all the scuffs and marks. But this colour I've got, I've got two young kids and I think everything's been spilt down my walls and a quick little touch up and you can't see that it's been touched up either. Whereas yeah. with the white, you do see that by the time you've lived in it for a couple of years, it's not so much white anymore. So if mm -hmm. you're going around and touches up, you can definitely see a difference perfect okay so we've got that so we're on to bathrooms next so bathrooms let's look at bathrooms i mean tenants regularly ask us if they can test the water pressure he's a classic on viewings you know can i test the water pressure can i see if the i mean i get it as well when i'm doing viewings can i see if the pressure's all right out the shower um that's a classic example so how powerful is the thermostatic shower as a priority? I mean, dribbling hoses with fluctuating temperatures, no longer cut it. People want invigorating shower experiences to start their day. So they so put them in a good mood every morning rather than actually looking for a new place to live. If your bathroom needs replacing, uh, a plain white modern suite um, worn by grey floor and warm uh, and wall tiles will provide a timeless contemporary style with universal appeal. So don't skimp on taps that you'll soon be replacing parts to go for the by going for the cheapest option. The cost of repairs will eliminate the initial savings you're actually trying to do. I mean choose metal finishes like chrome again, brushed steel, nickel. They never go out of style and they're easily to maintain and colored uh, with uh, with colored lacquers um than the colored lacquers themselves. Because I remember when taps were used to have a, a you know a plastic coating on them. So I see you, James, you're nodding your head. Yeah, <laughs> the, plastic yeah. coating, and the plastic coating actually peels off now, and it's like, oh, no. It's, uh... And then once you've fitted the bath against the wall, it's like, how do you get into the taps to actually change them? 
So bathrooms, James, what's your what's your thoughts on the bathrooms? So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, something that looks quite modern, you know, it's a trend now to hide pipe work and so on. Uh, one of the properties that I've got, we swapped out the electric shower because we, we were uh, putting in a combi boiler anyway and replaced it with a rain shower. Yep. So that, that works quite well. Uh, going back to your point on uh, pressure, so the pro the property concerned is fed off the Cascaburn uh, water tank. Mm -hmm. And historically, the water pressure is quite low, so what we have to do is install a pump. But for the sake of three hundred pounds, it's now functional like any other shower. Yeah, I mean, there, if your shower doesn't work properly, there's no point in having a shower. That's the reality. It's exactly. it's almost like it's almost like it's almost like a token gesture if you like that, and then then it's it, it sends it for me. It sends it a clear message like I'm I don't care about the property. That that's it really, and and then it sends you a message to the tenant about why should you care about the property. Um, is, is that kind of is that kind of impression you would think, uh, Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, like for a woman myself, if I've got a low pressure shower, I've got really big thick hair. I'm not spending half an hour in the shower trying to get my shampoo on my hair. Um, just wouldn't do it. Do we need to talk mm. about hair? <laughs> You're lacking there all. <laughs> I, I could not have a, a property or a home if I didn't have a good shower. Just kidding. Karen, what's your? I mean, what what do people what what when they walk in the door for the first time? What's their what's their impressions for bathrooms? What what sells well to a tenant? I think a white bathrooms is the way to go. Obviously, a white toilet, white sink. If you've got a vanity unit, it's giving them a wee bit of storage in the bathroom as well, and definitely like a white bath. Um, it means as well if you're going with white, you can then, as times change, you've got you either change like the tiles or the wet wall to keep it more kind of modern. But if you're going with white, it's more kind of effective cost-wise as well. Because one, it looks more appealing, and two, it's going to last longer with what people want. Um, especially like if you're putting tiles in, I, I like tiles; they look nice. But I think for a rental, you're not going to get everybody that wants to keep up with the grouting of them and keeping everything sealed as it should be. So I think wet walls are usually quite a good way to go. It's just it's lower maintenance, and it means you you don't have to worry, like I say, about keeping the tiles grouted. So wet wall. Uh, sorry, Charlotte, on you go. I was going to say as well with your ceilings, you're finding a lot just now that um, landlords are wet walling their ceilings um, and installing a fan just so um, condensation mold doesn't happen. Um, that's another tip as well, wet wall the ceiling. So from a point of view that wet wall and tiles, um, which one will a tenant prefer, Karen? Wet Definitely wet wall. Wet wall. It's, yeah, it's just easier to you don't have to worry about the maintenance of it as much. It gets to the point where it's past its best or it doesn't look good anymore. It can just be taken off and like a different kind of put back up as opposed to, yeah. I mean, if you've got a lot of time up there, that's a big job to try and get them pulled off to put something else back on. From a cost point of view, James, wet wall or tiles? Yeah, wet wall, definitely. I mean, it's £300 a sheet. Yeah, well, you can spend more than that on the tiles and then getting someone to fit them. So, yeah, it probably makes sense to go with the wet wall, I think. It is, it is the trade-off. Um, when you, Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of how I look at it as well. Um, is, there a, is there a certain type of wet wall that, that, that sells to a tenant, Kevin? Is it certain colours or certain patterns? Usually kind of like the marble effect ones go down quite well. So like if you've got like a white bathroom and you're putting like a light grey 
like marble effects one up yep so that's what i did in one of my baths so it just it made it look it was like a peach colored bathroom before so I'd put, i covered up the tiles that were like a terracotta color with like a light gray wet wall painted the rest of it quite put a new flooring down and the difference and it's amazing and that was done on a budget as well so it's not like you're having to spend an absolute fortune just to give yeah. it that yeah that makes sense and, and charlotte from a property management point of view um when you're going around what's what's your personal experience of tiles and wet wall Definitely wet walls the way forward. The tiling, you find that you get soap scum, you know, if there's cracking in the grout, you could be letting water through down into the floor. Then you've got the risk of rotten floorboards, your bath sinking. Just eliminate that all by spending that extra bit of money at the start to put wet wall in. But like I said as yeah. well, wet wall in the ceiling, because you are finding that some tenants don't ventilate as well as others. So you can get condensation mode quite fast if they're not using um, like a fan or opening the window when they're showering. So having um, a wet wall ceiling as well, you're, you're noticing that there's not any mould and it's easy clean as well. So, we spoke about this, James, about the fans and bathrooms now, yeah? making sure that um, because everybody's airtight almost with the Scottish government's legislation about, you know, um, about insulating every single house, about eliminating every single draft, um, it's almost now essential, to, even though you've got a window in a bathroom, to have a, have a fan. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, we did speak about that yesterday in, in the bathroom. Uh, luckily, it did have a fan installed, but uh, it only works as well as the willingness of the tenants as well, because I've, I've seen situations where they've blocked up the fan because they want to keep the heat in the house. Yeah. It's not ideal. Which is why regular property management inspections are essential. Indeed. To make sure that doesn't happen, isn't it, Charlotte? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think as well, when you're doing your inspections, if you if you explain to the tenant what it is, because they think it's some mould that's growing and you know they're going to get seriously ill from it, but it's not. It's caused by themselves. So get the right mould cleaner, get the right equipment for it, open the blinking window when you're showering and turn the fan on. Yeah. It's not difficult. The, the advantage here is, though, is actually to just put a, 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 well, a humidifier, possibly, but actually put a timer fan in and actually just put it on for a certain amount of time. Or you can get the fans that as soon as you put the light on, the fan comes on. Yeah. They're and, another good. And at least that's at least that's something that's contributing overall to the getting most of the condensation out of the property. I mean, you know, it is a big thing. We talked about upgrades and everything like that. But but essentially that is going on to the long term benefit of the tenant seeing seeing improvements in the house and actually keeping the, the good quality of the house. Therefore, they want to live there longer. If you don't have a classic example, and James, and you probably agree with me. Um, like how I did that, you'll agree with me <laughs> before, I, before I started that. About making sure you actually properly have the ventilation because what's going to happen is it ends up destroying your house because the ventilation isn't right. And it's what Charlotte says, the mold starts to go. And, and if anybody's out there and you're a tenant, if it's just black spot mold, it is not rising damp. It is nothing else other than lack of ventilation. That's all it causes that. It is a wipe down with bleach. Am I right, Charlotte? A wipe oh, down yeah. with bleach. And as well, there's a there's a brand, I think it's called HG Mold Spray. It is the best. You spray it on, leave it on for 10 minutes, and it literally wipes off. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's so easy to do, but you, you do get tenants on the phone thinking, you know, they, they might be planning the funeral next week because they've got a bit of condensation mode in their bathroom. 
I've got it in the kitchen at the moment, and the solution was just to use one of these uh, specific uh, mould paints. Yeah. So you paint it in, and then you just put a, a, another coat over the top of it that's the same colour as the bathroom uh, or the kitchen. Mm. It, it, it so we've kind of we've kind of got the formula then for bathrooms. It's white bathroom suites. It's possibly vanity cabinets just to give that extra storage. It's wet wall, um, and it's proper. Uh, flooring as well to accompany that as well. Let's talk about gardens in our final one. A modern and inviting low-maintenance outdoor space is, is a definite winner. Even more so since COVID, it's made a fundamental difference making getting outside feeling like a privilege for some people. Uh, you don't need to recreate the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, in fact, keep it, keeping it simple and managing will win you the fans without presenting an overwhelming display of pruning uh, duties. No matter how much they enjoy being outdoors, not every tenant is an expert gardener, and we know that. Um, so, what is the best? What is the best scenario in order to do gardens so you have you have minimum maintenance um, and you have you have a position where it's uh, it's easily manageable for a tenant? Charlotte, you know what have you come across in your travels? I've noticed that people that have grass in their gardens. And if they don't, if they aren't garden savvy, they don't know what they're doing. I say take out the garden, put in astroturf. If they still want a bit of greenery, if not, get it slab, get it decked, something really low, low end maintenance that you don't have to do anything on. Because you are finding as well coming into the spring, you're driving past them and thinking they've not cut their grass yet. And then you'll drive back a week later, they've still not cut their grass yet. Um, so, yeah, astroturf, I think, is probably the way forward. Very um, low tough, yeah. You have to get the Hoover out apparently and Hoover that I've yeah, been told. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and James, what's your what's your thoughts on this? You know, um decorative paving, stone chipping, plant uh, bedding areas, lawn, um, you know, what are you thinking? So yeah, I, I've got a property at the moment uh, uh, that requires a, a good bit of work done in the garden. I think we're going to go along the roots of slabbing a lot of it. And yeah. uh, putting in some green space, but not a huge amount, and uh, driving at the foot of the garden. But uh, as with everything else at the moment, some people have money to burn, and you know I can't get anybody in before the end of July to do that work. But yeah, you, again, it's going back to your curb appeal. Yeah, uh, things you know. Karen, what's your experience? Somebody walks out the back garden. Has it got to be wild? No, I think keep it simple. You find we've got a few landlords that do have like wow gardens, but with that, they pay for the gardener to come out and deal with it because it is, it needs specialists. Some, it needs somebody that knows it. So keeping it simple, whether you've got like a slab area, the only point with decking is decking is upkeep. So at least if you've got a slabbed area, it's low maintenance. But um, and yeah, a wee bit of greenery as well. Like Charlotte says, you've got quite a lot of people that are going down the fake grass just now because it's nice to have that bit of green, but not everybody wants to cut the grass. So it is something to consider more these days as well. Is it important to have exterior lighting as well? Even just like a security yeah. light. So when somebody's walking up to their door at night, they've got a light popping on so they can get their keys out of their bag. Um, just that wee bit of light so they can even see what they're doing. You don't want to be tripping up your garden path just to go and try and open up your door. I mean, if you if you do the if you do the garden right, effectively they've got an outdoor room for the day, you know, mm -hmm. and possibly for the night as well. If you do it, if you do it right, haven't you? Especially with the way things are just now, everybody's like everybody's making the most of their garden space. So I think having like a nice area for them to be able to enjoy is quite important just now. 
Mm-hmm. And adding a few pot plants and for the spring and the summer perennials and, and the blooming again every year, your, your, your tenants really have a colourful and scenical place and, and space to, and they only really need to water them as such. So you get hard, hard, hard wind ones. And that's, that's ultimately it. I mean, you know, outdoor space is probably a big winner as well, isn't it, with COVID? You know, a lot of people are actually doing staycations and they're just staying home. They're not going anywhere else. So um, families, you know, is that probably the best thing for, for the families, that, the need for outdoor space? Or is it, or do you see, Karen, it's just um, single people or is it families or, you know, what's, your, what's the trends that are happening just now? I think just everybody is wanting nice outdoor space, especially people that have got families. If they've got small kids, they want to be able to let their kid out in the garden to play. So you, they want like a nice grassy kind of area that their child can play. They don't want something that they're going to potentially fall and hit their head on. Like you want something low maintenance and safe, safe wise as well. So they can just yeah. open the door and let them play. And it's a winner every time. That's what it comes down to. And, and Charlotte, you know, but that's us. That's us. An hour already. <laughs> um, Charlotte, what's your final thoughts on this overall? Just to package this all up, you know, for th- what what can be done to increase rentals, um, increase the occupancy rate, the upgrades, and everything like that within a cost-effective manner. I think as a as a landlord, if you want a good tenant that's going to stay there for a long time, put that little bit of extra money into your property. Get it the way you know modern looking. Um, so you're going to keep everybody happy and don't don't try and cut corners on little things. Make sure it's the little details that are done right. Um, yeah. Just keep your tenant stays. Yeah. Karen, final thoughts? Yep, I think a nice fresh property, you're obviously going to attract a better tenant for it and somebody that's longer. Keep it nice. Well, like we've kind of covered the light colours, like the whites and the grey, which the way to go these days. Attracts better tenants that are going to want to look after the property a bit more as well. Yeah. And what about yourself, James? What, what, what's what's your thoughts on this? You know, final yeah, thoughts. Well, I, I think in common uh, with other contributors, uh, something that's nice and bright, watertight. You know, it's good quality uh, without sort of blowing the budget uh, to create that win-win for the tenant, and you know, hopefully have a, a long-term tenant in there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with, with proper execution, making improvements on your rental property will increase your income and attract a higher quality tenants. It will actually reduce void periods. We've talked about that and future proof your property's value. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's no one size fits all amount when it comes to the budget. But, but I mean, the reality is, you know, we're here to help anyway, and hopefully this program will have helped most people that are starting out in their journey or are actually experienced landlords, and they've maybe picked up some top tips there. So if you're a landlord, you know, please feel free to message us at any point in time, and we're more than happy to give you more advice and support on what you're doing. Um, and 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 see where to go from there to increase your income, uh, increase your portfolio, and actually and actually allow you to then release more money, possibly you know through through higher values and higher quality tenants to then do the same again and again and again and make more money ultimately overall. You know, after all, uh, this is a property investment business and it's a vehicle for most people for pensions for investments and we'll talk about that tomorrow james on our live broadcast anyway yep. you know yep. how you could potentially make anything from a 10 percent to, to a 70 percent net return wow <laughs> when i was looking at these numbers i thought how did you manage to get that house <laughs> but but we'll talk about that tomorrow and and that's it for today guys thanks very much for coming on the show thanks james thanks karen and thanks charlotte and uh, and thanks everybody else for watching and bye-bye for now bye then. Thank you. bye